Hello and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast, or as I'm going to call it, Soul to Soul, because we haven't done one of those in a while. So I'll have fancy theme music and stuff. All right. <laughs> yeah, and Brandon's with yes. me. Hi, guys. Yeah, and we're talking about Dark Souls 3 on the eve of Dark Souls 3's console release. It's already out on Steam, but I'm being nice and I'm not playing it yet. <laughs> You're truly sacrificing right I'm now. I'm sacrificing my time playing Dark Souls 3 <laughs> to talk with Brandon, who can't get Dark Souls 3 because he doesn't have a gaming PC. <laughs> no, I have a gaming PC, but I don't think one. it can run it. Yeah. I so. hope my computer can run it. We'll find out. Man, that would be awful to figure out. It can't run it. Nah, it should run fine. Yeah. What's the system requirements anyway? Oh, yeah, look, I'm looking it up now. I already bought it like yeah. weeks ago. Well, at least you can do refunds now on Steam, so. A long time and ago. it's playing a trailer music, and I probably should not have let that happen. All right, okay. <laughs> Looks like my computer will probably be able to run it. You'll be fine. Yeah, I'll be fine. I'll just put down the desktop resolution. That's what I usually do anyway. There you go. I play everything in 720p and everything runs fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, games aren't about graphics. Yeah. This one so. is probably going to look good just by virtue of art design. So I, I really don't think it matters. That's true. Plus Street Fighter mm. 5 runs on my computer, which is surprising. Mm. So I bet this will. You actually bought that? I did buy it. You broke down how you like in that one. It is Street Fighter. It, hmm. <laughs> Do you miss some of the content that's not there yet? Uh, not really, because I think the only reason you really should purchase Street Fighter is to play online. And the online hmm. play so far has been pretty smooth. Actually, all fighting games that I've been playing lately have had really smooth online play. So that's been nice. I don't play Street Fighter because I get wrecked. Yeah, everybody does, though. Like, horrible. I'm awful at Street Fighter. <laughs> That's because you're trying to remember 30 different buttons and then make a decision as to what button to use, and then it, you get hit. Yeah, I try to play like Smash Brothers, and that doesn't work out. No, yeah. You have to basically remember what buttons to press in what particular time frame yeah. at a particular moment in a match, and that takes a lot of practice. Yes. Well, I guess I play all games like Smash Brothers, so... <laughs> Including Dark Souls. Including Dark Souls. <laughs> You just go in there and just hit every button, figure out what happens, and then go from there. Yeah. All right, so, so back to our topic of discussion. Yes. Dark Souls 3. This is the pre-Dark Souls 3 podcast, and the reason why I wanted to record this is because I wanted to see how horribly wrong I'll be after I talk about it and predict whether or not I'll like it. I think I think you will. Maybe? Uh, I mean... This is why I'm 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 hesitant, because... As much as I think Dark Souls 2 is a pretty good game, I don't think it's as good as Dark Souls 1. I think at least with this, their, with their record at least for Souls games, that they're probably going to be taking a break after this, which is probably going to be a good thing yeah, because they've been cranking them out. <laughs> I don't even know but, how they did. But I think that it's starting to wear out its welcome with everything they're doing without making two big leaps and bounds like over the previous iterations where this might be a good time to be like, okay, we're going to make this and then stop. So it might not be great, but it should at least be good. Yeah, the thing that I heard was that From Software's previous president had a development schedule lined up, right? So they made Dark Souls. It was a big success. What was that? 2011, right? I think around there. I think so. And then 
basically they're like, hey, you got to make Dark Souls 2, you got to make Bloodborne, and you have to make Dark Souls 3. And what happened coincidentally is that three games happened to be released three years in a row. Mostly because that's when they were finished. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't think... what Miyazaki only directed uh, two of those games, so he didn't direct Dark Souls 2. He was going to start directing that, but then they said we're going to make Dark Souls 3 and he's like, "What?" <laughs> so, he had to go direct that and Bloodborne at the same time. Yeah, and you can definitely tell that they were being made at least close to the same time just by looking at the way that they play. Like you can see so much Bloodborne influence in Dark Souls 3. Like it's ridiculous now. Yeah, the speed is pretty much the same. Despite sp- me having not played Bloodborne, I can kind of tell. Yeah. Well, and character design and even uh like certain aspects of levels, like if you go look at stuff, you can just see it kind of blurring the lines a little bit in there. Huh, weird. And I hope that they do kind of stop with these kind of games because I don't want uh, Miyazaki to get into a situation like Kojima to where Kojima wanted to do something else, but they wouldn't let him get out of Metal Gear Solid, even fans and everything. I don't want to see Miyazaki get put into that box of like Bloodborne and Dark Souls and that's all he can do. I, I don't think he will because the cool part is he's now the company president. Yeah. So he gets to determine what projects they make and he said basically Souls is getting retired. Not so much retired but you'll it'll appear in a new form. So I imagine his intent is not to make that game again yeah. for a while. Yeah, it'll probably be like what they did with uh, the Kingsfield series. Like they did that which very, very like old school souls like you can see like the influence in there and then they took a break and then they did demon souls like a long time after they did their mech simulators and all that stuff in between yeah some weird stuff <laughs> yeah and now they do this stuff because even miyazaki himself has said that he wants to do probably like a happier game or do like something totally different yeah i i hope to see something different and not dif- it doesn't even have to be difficult mm. necessarily it just has yeah. to be interesting like did you know that From Software did Cookies and Cream? Cookies and Cream was that for? I think PS2. Oh goodness! Does that involve actual cookies and cream? No, like, like it, talking cookies. No, it involves a. I think it's like rabbit and some other. Some oh, other animal. It's like a multiplayer type game where you got like two screens and. I've known. I've seen the cover. What they like rabbits? I think so. Okay, now I know. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those weird games. Yeah, that's a From Software game. Yeah, From Software makes weird games. That's yeah. that's kind of their thing. And then they did the Ninja Gaiden Ninja Blade game. Oh, have you played that Ninja type Blade? I, I got it just this past week, so I got it installed, so I'm going to try to play it. I've seen videos of it. It's, uh, but- it's decent combat combined with tons and tons of quick time events. I saw it, so I'm like, hmm, looks like something that'd be fun to go through with like a Resident Evil story type plot line. Yeah, it's short. It's not very challenging, but it's it's interesting. I wouldn't call it great. <laughs> so I think that's, you know, it's a company that takes a lot of different things. Like they don't really care what they do. They just want to go out and make products. They'll try something and then just go with it. Yeah, <laughs> except for this recent Dark Souls fixation, which seems yeah. to have taken over their entire output. Now, how much of that do you think is from Bandai telling them to make the games? I think in part it has to be 
like Namco Bandai. I don't know if they they don't own From Software. I'm pretty sure. No, They're just well, the publisher. Yeah, because they started publishing what with Dark Souls because they didn't put out Demon Souls. I think that was Atlas. Uh, Demon Souls was put up by Atlas here in, <laughs> but what happened was it's the same situation as Bloodborne, which is that Sony funded development of it. So they own all the rights to Demon Souls and Bloodborne and that sort of thing. So mm. it's kind of a joint effort. Mm. In Japan, it's a Sony release. Kind of like Nintendo doesn't publish some things over here. Yeah. Or they do publish something that doesn't get published, that sort of thing. Hmm. And it's funny because when you go back and you read about Demon Souls, it was like when it first got released in Japan, people didn't really care for it. It was just kind of there. It wasn't like a big seller. And then it came out in the West and everyone kind of freaked out and... Then the ball started going. Like it, it picked up more steam like way after its release than it did when it first came out. Yeah, it's one of those word of mouth games. It doesn't really do well from a, a traditional marketing standpoint, but it was like right place, right time sort of thing. Yeah, and it's not like, especially like Dark Souls. I'll go back to that one. Like as rough as it does seem around the edges, a little bit. Like it, it's not a perfect game by any means. No. <laughs> But the fact of like what it is and just how intricate it was, like if you sit there and you think about the iframes and everyone's like, oh, that's just probably the game. You're like, no, I think that was actually probably thought out. Like it's very like they're very detailed with a lot of their things, but it's still clunky. Like, yeah, it looks clunky. <laughs> yeah. Like you sit there and play that game. I think that's probably like half the battle right there is understanding exactly how to play it. <laughs> I, I, it's an intentional design decision and you could actually call it bad game design that the <laughs> game doesn't actually tell you anything or how to do stuff. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's part of the atmosphere, which is that things are a little hostile. <laughs> yeah. And what? And the first one, probably more so than the second one. Yeah. Yeah. You can just like, they don't tell you exactly like where to go. And there's like five different directions you can go like from the beginning of the game. And well, they do tell you what to do, but they don't tell you where to go. Yeah. Like Ring the, the bells. One above, one below. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, it's kind of helpful, but it's not helpful at the same time. But it's like, okay, how many people had headed to like the crypts first or the catacombs or to the graveyard with the skeletons A and lot. then uh, then underneath and then. Well, you can go there. Like you can yeah. go to the catacombs and get stuff, but it's not the optimal way to go. No. I actually did just watch a video, I think, last night about being overpowered in Dark Souls in 10 minutes, and their first thing to do was go to the catacombs and kill Pinwheel. Like, that was the very first thing that they did. Yeah, I, I actually should try that next time I play it. Because one of the main reasons why they went there and they did a couple things is they got, like, the Great Scythe, and they were able to upgrade it to, like, plus six or seven within 10 minutes by going down and getting this and killing Pinwheel. <laughs> I think the only path that you take that is, like, abjectly bad and it's almost impossible to do is uh the new londo yeah that seems like that'd probably be bad you can do it i think you have to have items to do it but it's just really mm. hard to run through there with the ghosts mm. just following you the entire yeah time. it's it's not fun <laughs> now i haven't gotten that far in my playthrough of the first one i've seen the whole first game played through and like the dlc but i think Last time I played, I just beat Quelag, so I was getting ready to go to Sense Fortress. Oh, wow, you you got a ways to go. <laughs> yeah, I got a ways. It was just easier for me to hop into Dark Souls 2. Yeah, and then you're going to jump into Dark Souls 3. <laughs> yeah. Did you beat 2 yet? Yes, I beat 2. Uh, 
couple weeks ago. I didn't beat the DLC. I beat the main story. And then, like, I decided to take a break before 3 comes out. Yeah. You, you should go back to the DLC, though. It's really good. Yeah, I figured I'd probably do that before doing New Game Plus. Yeah, I, I think partly this is why I'm kind of concerned with 3. Because the DLC in 2 is really great. The main game is like, eh. <laughs> Well, and the DLC changed the whole ending, too. If you actually went and got the crowns and everything, like it made a totally different ending. Yeah, it does. And if you kill Vendrick, I guess. Well, well that's a plot spoiler, I guess. <laughs> well, I did not kill Vendrick. You have to collect eight giant souls. I don't even know uh, where they're located. <laughs> some, something like that, because it makes it easier for each one you do. Because it... Yeah, he's impossible. He takes, like, no damage if you don't collect all of them. Yeah. I felt bad. I didn't want to kill him because he was just very, just walking around. Yeah, but you missed out on a boss. I did. Well, I ended up killing the... Ancient the dragon. Ancient, yeah, because <laughs> I just went in there and saw a dragon, like, a oh, foggate enemy, and I just went up and started hacking. I didn't realize that I didn't have to kill him to get what I needed. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, he, he is the most annoying boss. Yeah. The the stupid pattern with the the blow in the fire and instant yeah. kill again. Most I, ha I had to look up that pattern, like what to do, and I didn't realize, like, you actually just really had to get away from him, like, super early. Like, get a couple hacks and then run away. Yeah, or sit behind his tail where he does the stupid yeah. head stomp. I did <laughs> I feel bad. Huh? When you're going through, like, to fight the demon of song, and you're going through, like, all the water areas, and you got all those mages, like, shooting at you, and you have those one, like, siren girls that you can save and everything the ones that yeah. give you the uh where you can get pretty much unlimited humanity if you keep them alive and talk to them and free them they open up that one area oh. like near the end of the game oh did you not know that no yeah what are what are they it starts with the m i forgot what they're exactly called because you got the one that's locked in the tower in the I castle think they're called meli fanato uh, if, if i'm actually right about this something like that goodness what did the, the the sirens and dark souls yeah too thanks google thank you google will know exactly what we're talking about uh google doesn't seem to know what i'm talking about all right <laughs> all right let me see if i can here yeah because they're the ones that when they're singing they keep like all those and like some of the enemies like at bay like they don't really do anything like while they're singing the ones that have the fireflies hanging around them yeah yeah i know i know who you're talking about i just don't know what the lore name well, of them is <laughs> well th there's a thing like if you keep them all alive and like save them there's an area that opens up with like a shrine or something like that and there's one in there behind it and like what happens is at one point like if you run out of human effigies and stuff like that which i think would be hard to do i because i had a lot when i ended the game but you can go there and just you know, get your humanity back, like, right away. I think, I don't know if you have to pay souls or something like that. But you have to keep all of them alive. And when I was going through the area, there was one in a hut that was, like, kind of decrepit, kind of looked like a hollow. And I went up and killed her right away because it looked like an enemy, and I thought she was going to attack me. And I was like, oh, no. No, she just disappears. Yeah, she, she disappeared. But since I technically kind of attacked her and killed her, I couldn't do that. That shrine thing. Which di didn't bother me because I still had like over 50 human effigies <laughs> at the end of the game. So, okay, they're called Milfanito. Yeah. Milfanito. There we go. But they that's sing like, to the undead. That's like one of the great things about the game is like 
you know, how are you supposed to know besides like word of mouth and everything that that's like what happens? I'm sure there's probably some talking and a little bit of things here and there, but. Yeah, I think I found all of them, though. I, I just don't know. I never knew they did anything. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought they like sang a lot and then said, we sing to the undead, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, it's just like that's how deep the game is without actually telling you anything. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And that, and that's the one that's not necessarily the best one. Yeah. Um, I know I'm kind of glad I watched videos on Dark Souls 1 because now I know about the painted world and how to get there because I'm sure I probably would have missed that if I would have played without knowing anything. Yeah, plus it's hard to get there in the first place. Yeah. San Orlando, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough place. I'm excited for that place, not really. <laughs> not really. But I did skip Blight Town, so it probably can't be that bad. Yeah. I bet That's there's a, I bet there's a Blight Town equivalent in Dark Souls 3. Uh, there is, from what I hear, there's that big poison area. Oh great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy. I know. It's just gonna so excited. So here's the thing I've heard most about Dark Souls 3 is that they say it's kind of a, a remix of stuff from all the previous Souls games. So mm. you get kind of art style from Bloodborne, some references there, and then you get improved combat from <coughs> Dark Souls 2, and then you get some, you know, the typical poison area, that sort of thing. Yeah. It, but there's new stuff integrated in there, so it's kind of like all sorts of disparate elements just kind of jammed into yes. one game. Yeah. And I know, I think that they have the whole looping around thing like dark souls one, like the more interconnected area. So it's not like dark souls two. They have the interconnected finding shortcuts again. Yeah. Not just narrow corridors of forward progression. Cause that I hope yeah. that's in there, but I've read from other, some sources that it's mm -hmm. linear. And then from other sources that it's, you can explore a lot. I yeah. don't know who to believe. <laughs> yeah. And I know like they do have the area. So you have like your like undead areas, you have your castle area. So a lot of the same, but that kind of fits in with the lore of like why everything would be the same. If you got the whole kingdoms rising and falling on top of each other and how it's like the same thing, like repeating over and over again. Yeah. And uh, I've also heard there's tons of references to the old games. Like there is. Yeah, like uh, uh, the blacksmith from the first game appears somewhere. Yep, he actually is your smith from what I know because they showed it like this one really probably isn't a spoiler because everyone knows it like the Firelink Shrine's in it. Now, whether it's the same Firelink Shrine or not, but that's what they call it. Like that's like one of your main like hub worlds. Yeah, of, like, and you teleport back there, which is more like Bloodborne. Yeah, and you do like your... Uh, you're leveling up there like Dark Souls 2. So if you want to level up, you have to come back. I'm, I'm okay with that idea that you teleport back to like a yeah. safe haven sort of place. Yeah. And like, you know, people keep filling it up as you find it. So like it's been throughout the series. So you find people talk and they'll come back to Firelink Shrine and open up their like shops of goods that you can buy. Huh. So do you know if you can teleport between bonfires? Are they doing that again? Or? Yes, you, you can okay. teleport between bonfires and... I haven't heard anyone really talk about the other bonfire mechanic because there's that new mechanic where you can create your own bonfire. That sounds intriguing. It, I think it has to deal with like a sacrifice thing, like either like sacrifice like a hollow or something like that. But I, there is that mechanic to like create your own bonfire. Wow, that's bizarre. I don't know what it 
all entails though. So that's still like a new thing. Yeah. See this, we don't know everything. <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Because this one's, you know, doing the changes, you know, you're not undead. You're an air of fire. So you're not dead. You're like Ember. Was it the Ashen one is what they call you now? Yeah. Something like that. Lords of Cinder, I think are the, yeah. So, and, and there's other, there's other weird references to like Gwyn and that um, sort of thing. And you're, I heard something about going hollow at some point, but it wasn't very clear. They just kind of said, at some point in the game, you'll know. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't heard that one, but I've heard, like, you don't go hollow with, you know, this one, like how when you died, you go hollow and lose your health. I think now, like, you can, uh, what is it? They're not, like... Uh, Estus Flask, I don't think. Whatever it is now with like the embers and everything, I think it just gives you boost to your health. Like I don't think you lose, like you don't have that health penalty now. Like you have a set thing, but you can make yourself like, I don't know if it's like lighting the embers or something like that, which boosts your overall health. It's actually Uh starting to sound a little easier than Dark Souls 2, but then again, the level design might be a little more sinister. (laughs) Well, from what I've heard is that it's actually pretty brutal. Like, it's probably tough. I think I think some people said it's probably, like, the toughest one. That sounds exciting. So, I don't know if that's just from a combat perspective, everything being faster or... Yeah, I think people yeah. kind of expect it, too, after the second game. Mm-hmm. is They know that people are familiar with the way that Souls games work. Or at least the vast majority of people who play it, right? Yeah. So, they can up the difficulty in ways that yeah. people don't expect. Yeah. Which is a good thing for a sequel. <laughs> yeah, true. You want to you want to do that. Like you don't want them to back themselves in a corner cuz I think it's one of the things like I think they're one of the best at their at the game of making the game difficult but not making it unfair. Yeah. And you don't want them to see like oh we have to be a difficult game. Let's start throwing unfair stuff at the player. You know. Cuz nothing so far has been totally unfair. <laughs> No, because even most of the stuff is you can pretty much just run by it if you really don't want to. I mean, bosses on one hand can be kind of difficult, but you can still always win. There's always something that you can do. Yeah, I don't I don't get running through, you know, those people who like run through entire areas and go through the door. I've never done that. (laughs) I have. It depended on the situation. Like when I was in the... uh, was it Black Gulch or the gutter, like where it had all the statues that spit poison at you yeah, the whole time? Yeah, I ran through there. Like that's I was, a reasonable one. <laughs> yeah, I was not dealing with that. You can do it if you just have to be yes. very slow. Well, I did. I didn't find this out till afterwards too. Is that you can destroy those statues and go back to the bonfire, but as long as you don't get a loading screen or die, those statues stay destroyed. Oh, okay. You know, so in you, the original Dark Souls one, uh, two, right? They didn't respawn ever. Oh, see, that's great right there. Yeah, and then they changed it in Scholar, and I was not particularly happy to find that out. Did you, when you played uh, Dark Souls 2, did you actually go through some areas and clear them out until, like, some enemies were gone, like the 10 or whatever times it was till they were gone? I believe, because the way that Dark Souls 2 works is the difficulty is kind of on this weird curve. At the beginning of the game, it's really hard. Yeah. And for whatever reason, especially Scholar, it's like incredibly difficult. 
when you don't have any kind of equipment or you're fighting like five or six enemies mm -hmm. at once sort of thing. But then it like then it gets easy for some reason. So so the beginning areas, yeah, I definitely cleared, cleared out a few to the point where enemies weren't <laughs> responding anymore. <laughs> I I will say this like the last like three bosses or so like actually pretty much the second half of Dark Souls 2, the bosses were easy. They just yeah, they just die. Yeah. Like you just all you have, I it's really funny when you think of this game and how you need to fight that sometimes the best strategy like 95% of the time is getting as close as you can and then circling around to the right. <laughs> That's the problem with Dark Souls 2 is those bosses. Like, lost the, uh, what is it called? The Lost Sinner? Uh, the Last Sinner? Yeah. The Last or Lost Sinner? Yeah. She's really easy. Uh, for uh, really, surprisingly, the last boss, too. Go around, go around. Yeah, Nashandra is not, not very yeah. difficult. Yeah, I didn't do, I didn't fight Aldia because I didn't do any of the DLC, but yeah, Nashandra was really super easy. It took me two times, and the only reason why it took me two times is because I fell into a hole. The first time. Yeah, and you saw from my video that I've died to bosses from falling into holes. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, the old Iron King, that that hole there. That stupid hole. Goodness. Yeah, sometimes the geometry is the best enemy in the game because <laughs> it'll get you. But a lot of those bosses were just really circle straight fests. Yeah. And that was kind of disappointing. And I was surprised, like, I did heavy armor, sword, shield, all that stuff, that you can pretty much block anything in that game, too. Yeah, you can get to the point where ruined sentinels, right? They just, their attacks bounce off your shield. <laughs> like, that whole boss fight's trivial. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. so boring. Yeah, because I know at the end, like, I started upgrading, like, I haveled it up. I got all Havel's armor, yeah. and I started upgrading it, and where I was able to, like, mid-roll, like, not fast roll, but I wasn't fat rolling with it. And, like, it was pretty nice to wear that heavy armor and still do that. And you still die a lot in that game. So it's not like your armor is really protecting you too terribly much. Yeah. But Some of the later bosses, especially the DLC ones, are not very nice to armor people like me. Oh, nice. So that's... I'm hoping that Dark Souls 3 is more in the line of making you have different equipment sets to really beat stuff. Yeah. Because I found that, at least in the main Dark Souls 3, once I got, like, a big great shield, I was basically just blocking everything. Not much was going to kill me at that point. Yeah, that's what I would do, too, is I would just block and then attack once they were done. Yeah. My guess is that they're going to make blocking a lot less uh, effective than it has been in the past. That's true. Especially because I know with, like, uh, Bloodborne, there was no blocking at all because there was no shields. Yeah, which is cool. Because that yeah. means they give they have additional mechanics like the parry thing and the, the shooting enemies before they hit you, which is, you know, all nice timing based, interesting ways to evade mm -hmm. rather than just kind of having the shield up and then yeah. waiting for the stamina to go down. I think the only time I really parried in Dark Souls Two was the pursuer fight, was to parry him and stun him and use the, uh, oh the, the ballista, the ballista, yeah. That's the only time I think I really parried. Once I, I got a great shield. I always get too scared. I never do it on that boss. Well, the t the timing's like really hard if you don't time it right. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, and then you die, right? Yeah, and you can't do it on the bluish sword attack, right? Because he just impales you and throws you around. Yeah, and I think that curses you too. Yeah, which is the worst. Yeah, well, well actually, cursing two was a lot different than it was in one. Like, curse was just a health drain, and that's when we're. If you got cursed in one, I think you just died and like turned stone right away. 
Yeah, I think it persists through death, though, in the second one. Does it? I think it does. I want to say it does. Because when you get cursed in the first one, too, doesn't it, like, cut your health, like, in half, like, yeah. directly in half? and then you have to find a way to get rid of curse, which took me yeah. a while because <laughs> I didn't know what exactly happened. Yeah, because you had to go to the the one guy after the bell gargoyles. Yeah, uh, Os Oswald. Yeah. Which which I don't <laughs> I think he, I don't think he was a good person from what I heard. I'm not sure. Oswald usually, of Kareem. Usually a lot of people in the game aren't good people. <laughs> no. So, eh. Maybe we'll meet lots of not good people. Maybe. But I uh we were talking which got us on this about referencing back to the other games and from what I've seen is like they directly reference people that you've contacted too. I know I know they talk about Priscilla and a couple uh, things. Really? Yes. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, they talk about crossbreed Priscilla. And I won't give too much away about her, like how they talk about her, but I know that she's referenced and there's like stuff about her in the game. Yeah, because if this is like a trilogy, then I guess this yeah. has to have some kind of relevance to the other two. I even think from some of the conversations I saw people talking is they actually name drop like actual locations. I don't know if it was Dark Souls 2 or Dark Souls 1, but they've actually, I think, like named a location where Dark Souls 2, they kind of hinted at, you know, you could get the vague idea that, oh, they're talking about this place, this place, where in this one they actually said a location. Yeah. And this is this is supposed to be Lothric, right? Is that yeah. is that the new name? Yeah. So it's Lordron, then Drang Lake, and then Lothric. But they're all yeah. really the same place. Yeah. Which makes you think that it actually does take place after the second one because if they're name dropping some of these, because that was another thing that people were wondering about is where does this actually taken place in the timeline if there is a timeline <laughs> yeah it could be like zelda yeah it, it could be possibly. totally non-existent well, well zelda technically has an official timeline now it's just nonsensical yes and now every game has to try to fit into that nonsensical <laughs> timeline yeah yeah <laughs> the, the three-way part yeah yeah i read that thing that was pretty silly so what would you like to see from the story or lore in this one. Uh, I want to be completely confused as to what's happening for a long time. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I will read all the item descriptions and try to figure out what the heck's happening. Yeah. That's, that's what I want. I don't yeah. want anything to be very clear for me. Well, I think they even came out and said that the ending might not make people happy because it, you know, it's going to be like dark souls. It's going to have that open endedness and like, you're not really going to know, you know, probably try to come to your own conclusions. Yeah, which which would be fine. Which, yeah, because if they tied everything up in a neat little bow, that would just be weird. What would they even tie up? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how it's going to end. I think they said that there's still, like, choices in it, like there kind of have been. So I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, maybe you become, so, like, the next Gwyn or something. Yeah. Cause, That'd be fun. I think it's cool how they're going with a different twist on everything, though. So you're not undead trying to rekindle the flame. You're an air, you know, you're an air of fire, pretty much. And you're going around, pretty much. It's you're going after all these other airs. Yeah, who've the done other, this? 
they've they've abandoned their post, I guess. Yeah, the, the Lords of Cinder have abandoned their post, and you're pretty much every like all these heirs are trying to go after this, and pretty much it's everyone who's linked to the flame. So you're seeing like all these people like coming together from like history. Yeah, man, it makes me really curious what exactly is going to happen in this game. <laughs> yeah, because for all we know, besides the DLC ending for the second one, is no matter what you chose in the game, it didn't matter. Like, it technically didn't matter because the cycles would repeat and start over again. Yeah, and you'd end up here. Yeah. Uh, but the DLC for the second one, if you got all the crowns, and you stepped outside of that, you're like the first one to be like, okay, you're not hollow and you didn't rekindle the flame. You stepped outside of the cycle. So what happens? Yeah, man. Well, I'm curious to find out. I have no, I can't even speculate because I don't know. <laughs> I know like one of the ideas being tossed around was whether if you're fighting like heirs of people like kindle the flame or like everything, do you end up fighting like you, technically your character from Dark Souls 1 or 2 huh. at some point. Now that would be interesting. In some way, shape, or form. Huh. Well, you know, I, I don't expect a typical ending. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I literally know nothing about Lothric other than, like, vague things from, like, the first beta test that I looked yeah. at. Yeah, it's. I have no idea what to expect. I'm. I'm not sure. Like, they did all this. Like, did they actually really have all this planned out, or was it like, okay, well, they started off, they made Dark Souls, and then it's like, okay, now we have to start trying to fit stuff in to these, this lore that we have. Well, it may or may not make sense. I think it's vague enough that people will try to make sense of it. So. Even if it is a little nonsensical and maybe has a bit of retconning or retroactive continuity things in it, I think yeah. I think in the end it will people will make it make sense. Yeah. And even as good as it is, it's still like it also technically doesn't matter. Like this is like you can tell in this game the way they've done stuff. It's really great what they've done with the lore and how deep it is and if you want to go into it. But they also showcase it's a game first. Yeah, it's not necessary to actually look at any of the lore, which is fine. Yeah. Like, that, that's all I really want is the video game. The lore stuff is just nice to add on to the thematic elements of it. Pretty much, like, probably 98% of the lore that I've got has been just from watching videos that I actually didn't really pull away from the game. <laughs> just because I just played the game. Just it's It's a fun video game. It does what it's supposed to do. You're supposed to... Have fun and want to keep playing. Yeah, because if you read those text descriptions on everything, every single thing you pick up, you could be there like a long time. Yeah, it's like reading books in uh, Elder Scrolls. Yeah, well, it's a little more interesting than that. <laughs> yeah, it's more interesting, but yeah. it's like, why would you do it? I mean, because that whoever wrote those books is not a very good writer. Yeah, <laughs> but it's funny that they wrote all that stuff out. Like they actually wrote all those books out. I just clicked to read them just so I could get the experience and then put them down. But no, <laughs> there's a whole book yeah. there if you want to read it. Yeah. So I know another thing that's interesting is they're talking about like themes for the game too. And I'm trying to figure out I had it somewhere. A 
about uh, what the game hints on and everything like that because a lot's been coming out lately, you know, even on you know on Christian websites and other things about what the game hints at, and it's so interesting to see what everyone takes away from the game and like what it could be about or what they associate it with. And one of the things I saw in a review that made me uh, kind of interested is it talks about the theme of like, oh, uh, why we put idols like so high up and, and in some of these positions. And I think that's an interesting theme to get into. Huh. In this game? Specifically, yeah. Or the other ones also? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'll like, quote this. Uh, it says, like, but what plot there is, uh, ask important questions. Like, why do we place idols in such high regard? Or how did they become our legends? Huh. So is this in reference just to the series as a whole? or I think this one is might be just for Dark Souls 3, but it might be tying it all together. I'm wondering if it would talk, like, bring the whole thing about, like, why did people put Gwyn or what have you in that position? Or, like, why do they hold them in such high regard as their legends? Yeah, well, I think the theme of the first Dark Souls basically was that there were people who <clears throat> came from the dark and they got the souls and became powerful, right? And over time, they grew fearful of other beings that were a challenge to their power. And so mm -hmm. they decided that they were going to extend their longevity as much as they possibly could. Yeah. At the expense of everybody else. Yeah. And it's inner. They don't really talk about gods in this game, do they? they they're not really gods. They're more like lords of a realm. Yeah. Magic is kind of an assumed thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because Gwen and all of them, they weren't actually gods. They were just people who, like, got up to, like, deity status with the people who worshipped them. Yeah. Which... I think that's kind of interesting that they've had this whole thing and they haven't really brought in, like, a god yeah, or they're anything. Not, they're not really gods because all of them have been fallible. Yeah, and they're all human-like. Which is more like uh, Greek and Roman mythology yeah. than it is like, a Christian perspective. Yeah. Because these super powerful gods just kind of mm. do things that are in their own self-interest at the expense of others. I wonder if they'll talk about the world before that stuff happened more because dragons are still around. Yeah, that's weird. And well, remember you know, they were artificially recreated from Dark Souls too. That's what yeah. Aldia was doing with the experiments in his lair, that and that's what up. and that's what the ancient dragon was because yeah. he had a giant soul, not a, like a a great soul too, which was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Because they experimented on them, all those yeah. dead giant corpses in, in his lab. So there's a, but I've, you know, if you've seen some of the videos, there's giants in there. And the way that the game's coming, is, it looks like everything's, like everything from past looks like it's fighting, fighting for control in this one. You got the Lords of Sinner, you got like all these things coming together at this one time. Because it's pretty much seems like the apocalypse is going on right now. Yeah, the end of the world. Yeah. Which, like, you know, how many times has a fire been linked? It's getting shorter each time. You know, things are getting crazy. Like, what's going on here? Are even the dragons coming back? Yeah. Maybe it'll just play out the consequences of this and just finally everything will blow up. 
It could. And begin anew. <laughs> yeah. Either that or do you think it'd be a cop-out ending if they actually go through into the dark, like, you know, the coming of man? Like, the, the way that the natural order for this world's supposed to happen is you had the fire, but then the age of man and dark was supposed to come, but Gwen extended it. Do you think they actually go through with that and be like, okay, so now we're going into what's actually supposed to happen, but we don't know what that entails. They just leave it open. Yeah, there could be multiple endings too, so we don't know. But yeah. I, I think that would be a likely assumption. And um, when you think about that, everyone wants to associate Dark Souls and like you know the dark in the game with like darkness and bad. But when you think about that, like the dark, you know, the dark age, the age of man coming, that's also, since no one knows what it is, it's actually shrouded in darkness because no one knows if it's good or bad. It's not necessarily an evil thing. Yeah, which is one of the most interesting parts of it is that it's not very clear what is bad or good in yeah. Dark Souls, in the world of Dark Souls. Yeah. I People mean, do things, but they're not necessarily bad or good. Yeah. They're just either self interested or. There's something that people did that they thought would save people but didn't actually work and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's very sad. The game is very sad. Like when you look at the story of Pinwheel, like you sit there and you're like, oh, he was a necromancer messing with the dead. But then when you hear the story about why he was doing stuff and now like why he screams out in pain and everything like that, it's like, yeah, he made a mistake. Like it, a, a lot of tragic characters. I don't know anything about Pinwheel. Uh, <laughs> pinwheel from what okay from what I know, I know that has, it might be a family of people I can't even remember that pinwheel is all right he was a a father and I think he lost his wife and his son and he started messing with necromancy to try and bring them back so I'm not 100% so no one come after me if I get this wrong but tried to bring them back and started messing up and I think they ended up like getting like fused together and oh. Like he like pretty much made a mistake, and now like that's why he's got the mask of the father, the mask of the mother, and the, like the mask of the child. Is it was like horribly wrong? I guess probably try to think of it like Full Metal Alchemist. Probably like they messed up in alchemy and necromancy, and they made a mistake, and now they have to pay. Like he has to live with it. Yeah, I have not. I think it's because I didn't really find much information yeah. in the game about him. <clears throat> I mean, there is some about, yeah. not really much about anything in kind of catacombs, yeah. Tomb of the Giants area. Or like, what else? Uh, Quelag, wasn't she trying to protect her sister too? And like, she ended up being a deep, like, she was like actually killing people and like getting the souls and everything to help her sister out. Yeah, who was suffering from some kind of disease Yeah, or something. <laughs> And then you have like, oh, the reason why we have demons is because, was it the Witch of Isolith, like started messing with stuff to try to recreate the first flame and ended up creating demons in the bed of chaos? Yeah, pretty much. So they all did something horribly wrong. Yeah. Except for Nito. He didn't really do anything wrong. No, he was just there. He was just doing what he was supposed to do and yeah, create was, death. Yeah, killing people, making sure they died. Yeah. <laughs> He's like the most straightforward character of all of them. Yeah. What do you do? I kill people. Well, he's doing what he should do. Yeah. All the rest of them are just kind of messed around with things they shouldn't be. Yeah. Because I don't think he had anything to do with the Abyss. That was more Manus and the dark and everything. Yeah, I'm I'm actually not really sure about his lore either. See, I mean, there's like, 
you can know some of it, but you can't really know all of it. It's kind of like real yeah. life. You can only know yeah. up to a point, and then after that, it's just all speculation. Yeah, because the only thing I really know about Manus is they say, you know, legend has it, is that that's the furative pygmy. Like, that's the first one right there. Like, he's the one who had the Dark Soul and everything, all, all that. And actually, Nashandra, I think, actually ends up being a piece that was broken off of him when he was defeated. So she's like a relative, like related an extension of Manus, which is why she was yeah, the way she was. There are pieces of, uh, what do you call it? If you read some of the lore stuff, there's other pieces of, uh, who, what's his name of Manus that are roaming the world. Yeah. Because, he, um, that corrupted some of the other people in the story, but you don't actually get to see them. Yeah, because what was it with him? Oh, oh, oh crap. I, I may have just said a Dark Souls 2 spoiler. <laughs> uh, I don't care. That's what the whole DLC is. It's all the other fragments of Manus. Is it? Yeah, corrupting various kingdoms. Ah, nice. Yeah, it's really interesting. Well, he also was part of the corruption with the, uh, was it Oseal or whatever that is in the first one? How do I pronounce it? Olaseal? Olaseal. Because that's what was happening because those people were exposed to the abyss and that's why they ended up getting all weird. Yeah, and kind of have tons and tons of eyes. Yeah, because then Artor- <laughs> Artorius was the one who went into the abyss to try to stop that, but then he ended up getting overcome by it. Yeah, and right? that's that's the sad story of uh, the wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Now, when you did that, did you actually go back and do that first before fighting Sif? I did everything except for Gwyn before I did the DLC. Oh, did you? And I still found it to be quite a challenge. Yeah, because I know if you go back and you do that before going there and you do something, I think you get a chance to save Sif. Like, if you go fight the dog then, like, it recognizes you and it has a sense of sadness as it goes and grabs its sword because it... Because it knows you and like what you did, but it knows what it has to do to try to stop you from going to yeah. where you need to go. But then you traveled back in time and somehow it knows you because you traveled back in time. It's time yeah. travel never makes sense. But No. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. Maybe we'll find another wolf and we'll all be sad. Or maybe I'll get to yeah. fight Artorius again or something. But there's a giant enemy crab and I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, clearly the crab is the best part of the game. It is. I mean... You just got to flip it over on, on its back and hit its weak point for massive damage. <laughs> so, who knows how you'll do that? I, I I hope that's how you defeat it, though. I hope you have to flip it over. So. Now, I think there's one other thing I wanted to talk about, which is uh, weapon arts or weapon and magic arts, battle arts, whatever they're called. Yes. Yeah. Do you know anything about those? I know... You can change your stances and you can charge stuff up with like attacks to make them more powerful, which I hope I can get that system down because I have a hard enough time just attacking and blocking where now if I want to like try to charge and attack up um, magic, I'm not really too sure about because I didn't really deal with magic. I haven't dealt with magic at all in any of the Souls games. Yeah, I tend to ignore it myself. I know they have actual... uh, an actual magic bar now they went back to like traditional so it's not like certain uses you have an actual magic bar now oh that's that's different and i think you have like a magic so there's no more charges type they got rid of the kind of the magic charges thing yeah because it just i think it just takes so much and then you have like a a different like you have your health ember thing but i think you have one 
for magic too that you can pick up to like oh. refill your magic. Okay, that's kind of a big change. Yeah, I don't know why they decided to do that, but I think, well, I guess it doesn't really matter because you get a limited amount anyways, depending on how much you have. So, like, you can either have ten of this and then go recharge it at the bonfire, or you can only have so many uses yeah. until your magic meter goes out. I think that's kind of why I never really played magic users because I always felt like I was just going to run out of magic mm. stuff. I've heard magic is really overpowered too. Like one of the easiest ways to go through a game is probably as a mage, from what I've heard. Yeah, I don't, I don't like doing that. I just want to hit things with my sword. Pretty much, need to get in there and just wreck some stuff. <laughs> so, what class are you gonna? Are you gonna stick with your heavy, heavy armor shield going yeah, in there? Yeah, uh, I assume that's what I'm gonna do, but it's hard to know without actually playing it and seeing what's the most effective. Yeah. I think I'll probably end up going the same, just probably because it's what I know. Don't want to change it up yet. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll play something more aggressive. I'm not sure. But every time I play dodge stuff, I always feel like I'm just terrible. So, <laughs> Yeah, especially in the second one, because they got rid of the iframes until you had to like put points into, was it, adaptability? Yeah. Are they doing that again? Because that was, that was terrible. It looked like iframes were just a part of the game from what I've seen. Okay, so it's like a set dodge... Obviously, the speeds will vary based on equipment, but... Yeah, I think it went back to more of a style of the first one, but I'm not 100% sure. Just from looking at the gameplay, it looks like it went back a little bit better. I don't know if it's going to be as bad as the first one, because the first one had some pretty generous windows. (laughs) But uh, it would be fine if they did, because dodging is helpful. Yeah. And invincibility frames that are consistent is also helpful. Yeah, and it's something that you can use your to your advantage. Yeah, which, which is, is what I want. Yes. Just because you can use it to your advantage doesn't make things easier. No. <laughs> Hopefully they'll design the game around such a thing. It's hard to know. Yeah. Are you going to buy the season pass for the DLC? Well, I don't know what's, what's going to be released yet, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm holding off on that, too, until they actually tell me. I know there's supposed to be, like, two things for DLC, like, two different parts from what I've heard so far. Yeah, I heard about two parts, but, like, what kind of additions are they? I I don't know. Yeah. Especially because we don't, one, know how it's going to end, or two, where it's going to fit in, or how it's going to fit in. Yeah, I, I kind of don't like the idea of Dark Souls DLC this way, because I always feel like I don't know what order to do this stuff in. Yeah, especially like when they did the DLC for two, especially after you beat the game, then you like you could play it afterwards if you didn't go to New Game Plus. But then if you really wanted to get a different ending, you have to go through New Game Plus and do it before you did the final boss. Yeah, or you do you could do the DLC when I don't even know when I'm supposed to do it, but I just did it mm-hmm. after I did everything else. Yeah, I think you got to find the keys too in Scholar of the First Sin because I think when it originally happened, it just unlocked. If you had like a certain point. Yeah, they just give you the key if you downloaded it in the original one. <laughs> yeah. And the second one you actually and Scholar, you actually have to find the key. Yeah. So they're then not, you have to figure out. too hard to find. So I'm excited to get into that, but I don't know when I'll go back to Dark Souls two. Maybe or one with three. You have so many Dark Souls to play. Oh, I have so much backlog <laughs> to play. I think I'm probably gonna take a break probably after Uncharted Four comes out and try to Clear the queue a little bit yeah, before 15 recover. comes out. <laughs> recover. Yeah, recover. And then yet there's still games coming out that I want to. 
I think Dark Souls 3 will last me quite a while, so I'm happy. Probably. I think I put 40 hours, over 40 hours so far into Dark Souls 2, just to beat the main story. I'm curious how many hours I put into Dark Souls 2. Oh, goodness. I'm I think at one point I saw it was like 66 when I saw it on your Steam. Oh, goodness. Did I really? Yeah. 60.5 hours. Oh, 60? That's for the second playthrough. See, so I'm probably on pace then with about that. Because you did the DLC for that. So about 20 more hours of me probably doing the DLC. The DLC was almost as long as the normal game. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, great. It it felt as long. At least that's the way I took it because I didn't know anything about it. So. Yeah, and I know you said like the one area was like really ridiculously hard too. Was that the snow one, the blizzard one? Which one is hard? The snow one is actually more exploratory. The I think they're all equally difficult in their own way, especially the bosses. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, the bosses are pretty devious. Did Miyazaki work on the DLC with them? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's all like separate teams. It's really hard to tell. I know that a lot of the conceptual work on it was done by him. Mm. But then they had all these levels and they didn't know how to piece them together. So that's why it kind of ended up the way it did. So would you ever like to see a redone versions of like the first one or Demon Souls come out on the newer systems? Uh, I think a new Dark Souls 1 remaster, whatever... I think they're probably going to remake that game before they actually re-release it. Do you think that would be good for the game? Or do you... Like, would they mess with it too much? Well, there's some stuff that clearly is glitchy and doesn't work like they intended. Like Covenants, probably. Yeah. (laughs) Some of them are just like, you talk to a thing and it says, enter Covenant, and you're like... Why, why should I enter Covenant? I don't know what you're doing or what I'm supposed to do. It, yeah. Yeah. You have no idea why you should say yes. And stuff like that definitely feels like just completely nonsensical. Yeah. And plus the servers for the original game are all peer-to-peer and there's no central server for online play. Hmm. So what happened is that people can like cheat real bad. Ah, people don't do that. No, no, they don't. It's the internet. Nobody cheats. Yeah. On the internet. <laughs> Not at all. Isn't there a way, too, that you control someone in Dark Souls where you could just, people would go in and they would, like, drop an item for someone and then, like, they would make them pick it up and it would make the game harder for them? I thought I remember hearing yeah. something about that. You can that get too. people banned for doing that by uh, item duping. It's hmm. basically you create items out of thin air and you can get banned from Dark Souls 2 servers for picking up a duped item. Really? Yeah, people are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's mean. Yeah. Actually, the time that I had on there with people, like, invading me, I never got really trolled, and everyone was actually pretty cool. I know, like, I kept getting invaded at one point in time, because I think it was just the area I was in, to where I just stopped and waited for someone to come in, and like, okay, I'm invaded, I'm just going to sit here and wait. But people would actually, you know, like, bow or and everything, you know, they wouldn't just come up and just start hacking and killing you. <laughs> like, it was... Like, the the community, I think, is one of the best probably in gaming. Yeah, they're, they've been nice, I guess. The yeah. few times I've been invaded have been fun. 
Yeah, and that's not too bad. And like a lot of people, like if you get on the internet searching, you want any sort of help whatsoever to talk about everything. Yeah, they'll be Pe- quick to come. Yeah, and people are always helpful. Like I haven't seen really too many jerks, like in there. Yeah, so I assume people will be really helpful with this one too. Yeah, and I'm, I'll, I'll help people. <laughs> I'm excited to go into this one because being late to Dark Souls and Dark Souls Two. I had the ability to look up pretty much anything I wanted. Yeah, and this like one, go, well, the, technically the game's been out two weeks, so. Yeah, and still, even much of that, I haven't even seen too terribly much come out. So it's still going to be new. People are still going to be figuring stuff out for a long, long time. So I, I'm not going to have that luxury just to go to Game Facts <laughs> yeah. and look up the exact thing or, like, you know, the but part. You, but you can ask people. That's true. And you're probably going to see. Like me, you, Jamie, and a couple other people in the theology gaming university getting on there and talking about this for the next couple months, probably. Yeah, <laughs> maybe too much. Yeah, like you know, we're we're all going to be there. We're all going to be like, oh no, you need to do this, or did you go get this? Yeah, or we'll tell each other, no spoilers, no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> I don't care. Spoil it up. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm just, relatively unspoiled this time, so I'm, I'm happy about that. I know nothing. You know nothing? You know nothing, Jon Snow. I, I know nothing beyond, like, the first couple areas, so. Yeah. It's nice, for once, to just be completely surprised. I'm, I'm excited just for that, just to see what it happens. I know of, like, two or three areas, but I don't know anything else outside of it. I have no idea what things are going to look like. I've, From what I know, is it's probably going to get crazy at some point. <laughs> and ridiculous, but I'm excited. It's very exciting. It's a very exciting time. It is. And you're lucky because you get to play it as soon as we're done. Yeah. And I have to wait much. till tomorrow. <laughs> you probably got it sitting on the character select. Creation no, no, I, right I, now. I don't. Not yet. Not yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure if I'm going to record it or not. I'm thinking about it. Do it. Yeah, maybe I will. Do it. But there'll be I'll some watch. pretty long and inter- uninterrupted videos, probably. So. Hmm. so, I say do it. I'd watch just because it's. I like watching people play Dark Souls because it's nice seeing people do things differently and realizing that you couldn't do stuff. You're like, oh, you could do that. I didn't know. That's totally different than what I did. I didn't defeat the boss like that. That's interesting that they did that. That's a, you know, that's a smart way. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, and we'll be watching Dark Souls people for a long time to come. Probably. Yeah. I think after this, we're all going to need a break, though. Yeah, we're going to need to play some happier games, too, bring our bring our spirits up, probably. Yeah, something. Yeah, it's <laughs> something with bright colors and everything. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to uh, sprinkle my Mario in, you know, <laughs> get that in there. Yeah, so uh, any final thoughts? It's about time for me to get good. Yeah, so the, yeah, it's coming up here, so I guess I got to get back into it. Hey, you I'm beat exci- a Dark Souls game. You're good enough. I did, and I'm happy. Though people probably say, "Oh, it's the easiest one." Well, yeah. Scholar of the First Sin's definitely not the easiest one. <laughs> well, I'm I'm happy though. I'm excited. It's probably my most looked forward to game of the year, unless Zelda comes out this year, which I don't think it will. Yeah, because you know, 2016. Who the heck knows? It's Nintendo. Yeah, they'll make me buy it at least two other times too. So, yeah, and you'll do it happily. 
Yeah. Maybe they'll come out with <laughs> Zelda Souls too, and then I'll still be in it. Yeah. Maybe they'll let From Software direct the next Zelda game. I'd be for it. I'd sign that petition. Who knows what'll happen? Well, you're, they already made Zelda. I mean, you can already roll around, smash pots all you want in Dark Souls. So, you're right. It is Zelda. Yeah. It's just you know, people want realistic Zelda. Go play Dark Souls. <laughs> there you go. You want that dark grittiness? There you go. Yeah. There you go. So, have right. fun, people. Dark Souls. Yeah, Dark Souls. I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll edit this tonight because this is it is April 11th right now. Yes. Maybe I'll edit it tonight and I'll post it tomorrow. That way, at least people will we'll see how stupid we all sound. Yeah. We'll see how wrong we really are about yeah, this. Yeah, super wrong. Yeah. We were not super effective. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. Well, that was uh, Soul to Soul, I think. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Brandon, for rambling on about souls with me for about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for letting me ramble on about souls. Yeah, because that's all we do on this podcast anymore. Is now, yeah. Okay, now we got it out of our systems. We can talk about other games. Yeah. Next time we have a podcast. Yeah, we can start talking about Uncharted coming up soon. Yeah. <laughs> you and or Brian something. should talk about Uncharted. I have not played the third Uncharted yet, so I'm behind the curve here. It's good. It's not as good as the second one, but it's good. Yeah, the second one's kind of... I, I think that's probably like the high point for the series. Maybe not gameplay-wise, but at least probably overall and story-wise. Huh, wow, okay. <laughs> but, well, you know, because games get smoother as it goes along. So I need to find some of those Uncharted fans in the group and we can start talking about it yeah. as the fourth one comes out. Community manager Brian Hall likes Uncharted. Okay. All right, I'm going to have to make a note of that. Yeah, and I'm sure some other people just, I don't know. Uncharted yeah. doesn't light my fire the same way as Dark Souls does. <laughs> oh, you got the pun. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I, I don't think we're going anywhere else from here, so I think that's probably where we need to end it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't beat that. No. All right. Well, this has been the uh, Soul to Soul Dark Souls podcast. Dark cast thing. Thing. <laughs> Uh, Brandon, we can find you on Theology Gaming University, the Facebook group. Yes. And you can find me there, too, where we talk about video games, theology, and other related things. Dark Souls. And Dark Souls, yeah. Dark Souls sometimes. Yeah, Dark Souls sometimes. Dark Souls and Bayonetta. Yeah. <laughs> My two favorite topics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if you liked what you heard on this podcast about us rambling on about Dark Souls... Give us a five-star rating because Dark Souls. Yes. All right. Uh, we will... I, I. Why would I say see you guys later? Because it doesn't make any sense. Because I, I can't see anybody listening to this podcast. Well, I guess you could if someone, like, Skyped you and made you watch them listen to it. No, yeah. So I should say thanks for listening. That's the right word. Yeah. Phrase, there, oh. topic, thing. <laughs> <laughs> This is the best ending ever. Yes. Uh, bye, everyone. Bye.